0: Today's show is sponsored by Credit Karma. You can see your credit score right now, absolutely free. Just text Bad Christian to 89800
1: to download the free Credit Karma app and get started. Today's show is also brought to you by Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com forward slash BC pod. Use the promo code BCPOD. That's Casper.com forward slash BCPOD with promo code BCPOD.
0: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
2: All right, what's up, you jerks? This is Matt. I'm going to make this real short and sweet. We've got a good episode. And this is Joey, too. (laughs) So we got three things to tell you about. Number one, first and foremost, is... Bad Christian Podcast Live. We're coming to Grand Rapids, Chicago, Illinois, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's going to be the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of this month. To find out about that, how you can go get a ticket for free or to pay for a ticket, whatever you want to do, go to badchristian.com forward slash BC Pod Live. If you're already in the BC Club, you come for free. If you want to get on the waiting list, come for free. That's fine. If you want to pay for it, we love that, too. helps us cover the cost. So come see the Bad Christian Podcast. Get made, performed live, right in front of your face uh, later this month. Also, two more things. Our friends in the band The Money Pit, that's Bobby and Nick from Gatsby's American Dream. Their record's coming out for digital release on September 4th. They're amazing. Go listen to it. Go to moneypitmusic.com. Check out the lyric video, pre-order the thing, or just buy when it comes out if it's September 4th. It's a great record. We love it, and I think you will too. Additionally, Aaron Lunsford from As Cities Burns' book, Backstage, How I Almost Got Rich Playing Drums and a Christian Hardcore Band is coming out very soon. It's available for pre-order. I'm not going to stop talking about that book because it's good. It's transformative. If you read a, a chapter of it, which you can find on our blog, you'll want to read the whole thing. It's raw. It's real. You'll love it. So go to AaronLunsford.com and find find that book. Pre-order it. You will love it. That's Aaron, the drummer for As Cities Burn, BC Pod Live, and the band The Money Pit. All right, let's get to it. Oh, sorry. One more thing. You can get tickets and all the info you need at underoath777.com. Three, a two, Two, a a one,
0: one, two, three, four. Yo, it's late at night when the creeps come out. Everybody
2: here is going to shout bad Christian poor kids. Big Christian podcast. Okay, so does the three, two, one actually set the literal tempo for what the beatboxing is going to be? Because I'm in the room here. We're all here in Toby's garage. Where now, in my garage and I was with? so synchronized with it. You said three, two, one. You were. And yeah. then I knew what you the felt tempo it. was going to Yeah, I felt you it. You felt it. I mean, I, I lit you guys up with my
0: tempo. Yeah. Yeah. In my garage. And what would y'all say the degree? Temperature is in this. I'm gonna guess
1: 92. (laughs) It's unbelievable.
0: (laughs) Like we're all like it's really funny. We're all sweating like yeah. pretty pretty badly. So we're in Charleston, South Carolina. Matt flew here. We're all in in here together, and we're in my garage, which isn't my studio. But I've never gotten air conditioned for this thing, and so it is sweaty. It is warm, but I kind of like it. How yeah. this makes you feel alive?
2: How many people are going to have to support or join the BC Club or whatever for you to get like to literally a turn this unit. <laughs> empty giant garage with a rake and a Bicycle, specialized bicycle, and kids floaties and a push lawnmower, and it smells like you know gasoline and oil in here. How many people had to join the BC club, club before
1: we could use Please, a little money God, to get you not friends. only an
2: air conditioner but a table that your computer and recording equipment could go
1: on? Well, in how Toby's defense, that what? damn table is at my house, right? But seriously,
2: you've lived here for how long? I mean, most if I in Seattle, right. if I could get square footage like this, I would do unreal stuff with it. You are richer than me.
0: I I don't like. I'm offended.
2: You making no. Fun it's of my, BC Club
3: money. Toby,
2: no, I feel
0: like you're not saying I don't have. this is like an offense because I don't have a man cave that is awesome. Like usually when people you say they record in their garage and stuff like that, it's awesome. But you're right. Mine is still a garage. It's <laughs> like I didn't get transformed. There's nothing cool about it. I have some carpet on the floor that yeah. Jenny McPherson helped me get, which is really awesome. But other than that, that's the only improvement I made. No air conditioning. We have a really jank fan. I mean, it's, it's, you're right. I agree. It's not that great, but makes you feel alive. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like a
2: man. Well, there's there's a couple of ways. For one thing people could join the you know the BC club and and could do it. And that help way. me, help yeah. me, help yeah. them. Right, right. And the other way would be people. We can do a couple of sponsor reads. Could we do that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, that. Yeah, I didn't even Maybe think that about would, that. Could, could
2: contribute to. It I didn't think case. about that. So, all right. Just if you're new here, this is. We love cutting up. We love doing this silly podcast. We're going to have Under Oath on. we got Tim Spencer and Aaron Gillespie going to oh, be on man. just in a few minutes. But sit with us here, and Can't we're going to talk about a couple of sponsors, and we're going we're gonna to cut some of our normal chit-chat to get to this really good conversation. So uh, what sponsors do we have for the episode today?
1: Well, we've got Casper, and Casper is just an unbelievable Now, let let me
2: talk about Casper, and then you hit them with the details. Can you do that? Sure. Casper is the mattress I sleep on. I jumped on it when that one came our way because the mattress Bridget and I sleep on, I did not like at all. And so when we had the opportunity to be sponsored by or do stuff for a mattress company, I said, let me have it. I jumped in ahead of y'all. We got a king-size mattress. It came to our front door in an unbelievable uh, small package. It was all... It wasn't Front. that big? No, it was very small. Like, I could pick it up with one hand and just carry it to the bedroom, the mattress. I got it out. It expanded. It's part memory foam, part uh, latex foam. Do y'all have the details on that? What yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's... part it's, what? What are the two foam types? Does it it's say? It's
1: latex and memory foam.
2: Latex and memory I got that right. So, it's latex and memory foam blend. I popped the thing out. It, expanded. it took about an hour to expand to a full-size yeah. mattress. Popped it on my bed, sleeping like a baby ever since. It's amazing, and I'm not just saying that. I love, love the thing. We're about to move to our new house, taking it with me. It's amazing.
1: Well, and these American-made mattresses, they're shockingly Shockingly fair price. I mean, we're talking five hundred dollars for a twin size mattress, nine fifty for a king size. I mean, you you walk into a mattress shop, you cannot get right. you know prices that low. Oh, for sure. And these are just the right sink, just the right bounce, man. Better nights, brighter days coming your way with Casper. And here's the thing: it's a risk free trial. You <laughs> you can order one of these mattresses, sleep on it for a hundred days. And then be like, yeah, it's not for me. Free delivery, painless returns, but that's not going to happen. You're going to keep it. I I think you'll keep it for sure.
2: So tell them with the details of how to get it and get the discount with our code.
1: So right now, get
0: $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash bcpod and using the promo code bcpod. That's $50 off toward any any mattress, casper.com forward slash bcpod and using the promo code bcpod.
2: Right on. So let me tell you another one, and you guys do the same thing. You hit them with the details. Let me tell you about the other thing. I just bought a house, too. This is where my mattress goes. Now, here's something I did. I got the Credit Karma app. Now, you get the Credit Karma app by texting Bad Christian to 89800. Now, I know it sounds crazy. I mean, you, right. there's all kind of weird stuff out there. This isn't weird. This is a pro-consumer company. And what they've done is actually make it possible for you to get your credit score for free. I got mine for free. There's no strings attached whatsoever. I know exactly what my credit score is. And there's tons of other tools on their app. And so find out what your credit score is today, just like I did. And let me ask you, let me make a personal appeal to you. Please text bad christian to 89800. That's how we get credit for it that you download this free app that's going to give you free information.
0: Well, what I like about Credit Karma is that they don't just show you a score and send you away. They actually break it down so you can like see how your actions can affect your score. Yeah. Um, like if you use too much of your credit limit, your score can go down. Yep. So it's really neat. It really it really just uh, shows you so much more than all these other apps. And you're right. One thing a lot of people don't think about is their credit. You're just trying to get through your life. You're trying to get your paycheck and all this stuff. But it is really one of the most important, maybe the most important number in your life. Yeah. it affects. It's, it's, it's insane.
2: And they figured out a way to do it where you know, like I said, free, no strings attached. That you know, it, it yeah. works great. It's really good information.
0: It, Jess and I were looking at ours uh, credit, credit reports, and I, I actually saw this and I couldn't believe it. Twenty five percent of people in the U.S. have errors on their credit reports. Yep,
2: you can check it out. Yeah.
0: So now that I have credit Karma, I can check my report whenever I want, and I can make sure everything's mm-hmm.
2: cool. So please, in order for us to get credit for it, please text Bad Christian to eight nine eight hundred. That's all you got to do.
0: Matt, that's right. Don't let today end without seeing your score. Thanks to Credit Karma, you get it for free. Text Bad Christian to 89800 to download this free app and you can check out your credit score today. All right. So, speaking of touring and being on the road, Joey, I don't even know how much uh, of this story, I don't even know if I told you the story, but so I'm flying home after the, this last tour. Hey, can this be news with Toby? No, it can't be. Right. And so uh, I'm sitting there. Uh, went through my first flight on my
2: second flight
0: almost home and uh you know you ever sit beside somebody and they do like a coca-cola burp and you can kind of smell like they
2: burp but they keep their mouth closed and it smells like kind of like
0: just putrid coca-cola yeah, it's like about the worst, a, yeah you yeah. know you just smell the coca-cola with the verp or whatever a little bit of bile in gosh there. i've never experienced you've never smelled you never smelled a coke burp no it's disgusting it's awful so uh is Pepsi burps I, I, just as bad? Same or? thing. Okay. You're totally destroying the story. I'm not trying to stay destroy it. Just li-
2: do the me. listening part. Yeah, now. do the, do the good right, part. I'm,
0: be a good, I'm putting my listening ears on. And so I smell that, and I'm like, ah, oh, the guy beside me just burped. I was like, okay, well, hopefully this is about over. There's nowhere you can go. I'm on the window three. Go. And uh, all of a sudden I look over, and it's not burping. He is vomiting. Uh, Unbelievable into a bag.
2: Into one of the bags? Yeah.
0: And that bag is getting full. Oh. And, I mean, it is at the (laughs) rim. Where are you? Have you taken off? It's at the rim, and he got another bag. (laughs) Have you taken off? We're were getting ready to land. I think it was motion sickness to land. I'd never seen that. I'd heard people say that. Uh, That's why they have the bags. That's why the bags are for. I mean, I guess he literally – and then my mind starts, you know, hypochondriac thinking, oh, no, I'm on the plane with the guy with the disease that's going to – In the world Yeah I'm right beside that You're the
2: first dot On the Right With the the, Totally
0: I thought Okay Crap This is a a Virus infection It's gonna end everything I Now I'm gonna have it And I'm just trying to I I just All I immediately think This guy is vomiting His guts out Just throwing up Unreal And It was so funny Because at the same time My first thought is me And my second thought is I'm not gonna do anything And I'm gonna pretend This isn't happening So yeah, I'm, i mean a guy is puking unreal and me six inches from he's you. in the middle of me and another guy yeah. and both of us
2: told, what'd you do just keep told, told playing, playing so, on your phone looked looked down right at your the knees, look right out, out the window i <laughs>
0: stared out the window immediately i just looked to the right you didn't even get your window. bag out and <laughs> nope, hand it to him nope i didn't say anything I, I looked at him one time and he was just puking and it was just quiet was just going,
2: he didn't apologize <laughs> or
3: anything he never either. said a word either Oh my god! He just gosh. threw up,
0: threw up, filled up. Like I said, one bag, <laughs> like a, a, a hoagie was in it. A terrible. Oh. he put that under the seat, and then I had to walk through that too. And he didn't even tell the people. The, the he just steward- left and got he, off the plane. Never said a word. Just got off the plane, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But it was so hilarious. And I was thinking, "How could somebody be having such a violent reaction to something, and they're sick and all this stuff?" And I wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't going to help. Uh, there was no chance I was going to even like call the the stewardess or the uh, the flight attendant to yeah, come yeah
2: and could have hit the button and just done nothing right that would have been smart that would not... have been a really passive aggressive way to handle it. just push the button and then continue yeah. looking out the window <laughs> <laughs> just raised
0: my hand push the button never looked at never him. look look at anybody. he wouldn't he even have that, seen uh, either
2: this the lady would come and then right. maybe help him or something
0: right but then i was like what's she gonna do and, and i it really did make me think how many times do you are you in public and something bad happens to somebody and you do not help Mm-hmm. There is, I mean, and and if it was your friend or something, you'd be almost shocked. Like if you, one of you guys, were sitting beside me, I'd be like, Joey, can I do anything? Yeah. You're puking your guts. Are you okay? Well, even far less. I mean, if it was less than that, but I mean, this guy's doing this much stuff, and all I want to do is for him to leave me alone. Maybe even just die.
2: Like just, just. So were go. you were you more angry at him or felt sorry for him? I was mad. Yeah,
0: I was mad that oh no, I might, I might yeah. die. You mad guy, at the guy? Yeah, I just thought, how's this happen? My first thought was he drank too much and now he's sitting here. He can't hold his liquor uh-huh. or whatever it is. But then I realized he hadn't drank anything and he sleep. He was asleep and he was totally fine the whole time, wasn't acting crazy or anything. So it was just motion sickness. So it
2: wasn't Ebola.
0: Yeah, I didn't get sick or anything. I was totally fine. So I was like, yeah, it was just motion sickness or whatever. But is it? I mean, that happens probably. Every single day, every single hour, where something terrible happens to somebody, like in a car wreck or whatever, and you just, oh yeah, man, well that was crazy, and you just keep writing. The going
2: ability world. for a human to ignore the suffering, right? We of choose all adjacent the time, human. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and and then take that to Christianity. We choose. All the time, going back to some of our other conversations, uh, to not help people, yeah, <laughs> like all the time, we intentionally. Well, you don't have the
2: capacity. I mean, you 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 could have done something there, but you're conditioned because you understand that there's more suffering in the world, in your town, in your city, than you could possibly do anything about. Even if you said, you know what, I'm going to try. You ha- you will quickly run into the, abil- the the limitation that you have not the ability to. So you it's a human practice and discipline, or maybe even a human gift that you're able to ignore it somehow. Like well, if what you would y'all would have think done? if you weren't able to ignore it, like think about it this way. Think how much you care about your family. That's a deficit to some degree because yep. you're par- like you couldn't like leave your kid and just right. take off. You ha- you you're paralyzed by how much you're going to care about your daughter. Now, if you had that same care for everybody, you'd be a paralyzed, ineffective, useless human. Yeah, you would not be able to even operate. So it's almost a benefit to be able to have a focused amount of people that you do care about and others that you don't.
0: Well, I always think about in that situation. You only have people, so many so much people resources. People that I know are nice that would always do it though, like somebody like Lunsford's wife, Cassie. Yeah she would have talked to the guy or oh, something definitely. you know what I mean she would have felt compelled in to, that situation sick, you're right you it
2: wouldn't have him. cost you anything right. to there there help the guy could, yeah. Yeah.
0: that's bad of you right. <laughs> right there's nothing else I needed to get to or could do we no, were landing right. I was going right. to be on that plane for another 10 15 20 minutes and so it, all I cared about was just
2: staying away you should have leaned over to the other guy on the other side of him and said can you not help him <laughs> <laughs> can you do something the guy's clearly suffering here I did
4: think
0: could while, the, to guy, another while guy. the guy's leaned over just puking at his bag i was thinking what if i could look over at the guy sitting beside him and go like man we've screwed up <laughs> we picked wrong, wrong aisle right but like we were in a team together at that point because this guy's just bringing our row down it's terrible <laughs> and i never i i guess they the first time i ever saw somebody in public transit puke i was with you and we were going to we saw 311 uh what was the other band? Jimmy's Chicken Incubus. Shack and Incubus. Yeah. And we won tickets. Somebody won yeah. tickets and Matt and I got to ride a party bus from Charlotte all the way up to Greenwood, uh, North Carolina. And uh Greensboro, sorry. And um on the way back a girl had drank too much and it's just totally quiet on the silent, bus. And just vomiting, silent and we yeah. just hear Ugh.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, she was trying to throw it real quiet. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, she was
0: trying to be super quiet. All the lights are off in of the bus, and I was like, oh, my God, and then you just smell it. And I know that person, uh, even that guy sitting beside me had to be embarrassed and hated He hated it worse than anybody. I imagine but so. But I was just, just miserable, and I was, was like, I'm not going to help him.
1: Yeah, I, I was on a plane one time going to my grandpa's funeral in Charleston from Seattle when I was living up there, and there was a guy, and it was just so loud, and he was right behind me going, Rah! and it was just going like oh. into a plastic bag Oh Lord. but here's the worst part is I kind of turned around like I just had to see and when he was finished, I know people can't see me right now, but he's going <gasps> breathing heavy with like a tear coming out of his eye and I just I couldn't wipe a smile from my face You smiled at him? <laughs> I could, No, I didn't smile at him, I turned around I was like, oh my gosh, and so I came home and I was telling people, man, there's this guy throwing up, and it was just so awful but I was like smiling damn it if I did not get Sick as I've ever been in my whole entire. life. You probably life actually caught my, his germ. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You but I right, seriously yeah. was just like, "Wow!" God was like, "Yeah, you're gonna make fun of this guy." All right, <laughs> <laughs> here you go. <laughs> what's the hey? What's the most uh, nasty word for vomit? Um, I think barf is when people say barf. My grandma calls it oop, oop. Mm-hmm. Like vomit, I think, I think throw up. vomiting is the toughest one. Throw, throw up, is, up doesn't sound that bad. No, at all. throw up is that's the best. Upchuck, up, vomit. Bar
2: spew. spew chunks would have to <laughs> oh, would see, be, that's the probably worst. be the worst, spew worst one. Chunks? Oh, but anyway, listen, enough. I've explosive chunks. vomited before. You've explosive uh, uncontrollable explosive vomited. projectile vomit. Violet.
0: Projectile, projectile. projectile. <laughs> it was a joke after an Emory show in San Antonio. Really? Yeah. So
2: okay, but let's not spend dozens, there and dozens I of minutes <laughs> on was getting done with the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Tim. Aaron and Spencer from Under Oath on here. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Again, Matt, Toby, and Joey. And let's do this special episode. We'll do an extra long interview with uh, Tim, Spencer, and Aaron. Sound good to you? Yeah, I can't wait
0: to ask them where they got the nickname Under Upchuck.
2: (laughs) Yeah. All
0: right, we'll be right back after this break with Under Oath. Today's first music sponsor is Silent Planet. Let's check out the song Depths 2 from their latest record, The Night God Slept. was depths two by silent planet their record the night god slept is out now and you can pick that up on itunes or at solidstate.merchline.com they'll be out on tour for with for today and fit for a king uh in october so find these guys on social media and check out one of those shows again that was silent planet go buy that mother-loving record today
1: our second music sponsor is Wolves at the Gate. Man, it's cool. The guys in Emory, these two knuckleheads right here, Toby and Matt, have toured with them actually in the spring. And you know Steven. Yeah. We interviewed him. Yeah. And you
2: know Kabuchi. Yep.
1: And the dreamy singer is one of our former guests. Steven Kabuchi. Hey, let's check out a track from that last full length of theirs. The song is called Wake Up. Wake Up. that was wake up by our friends wolves at the gate their record five by five is out now and you can pick it up on itunes or at solidstate.merchline.com check them out on tour this fall with red you can find those tour dates at solidstate records.com wolves at the gate by the record see a show good dudes
5: yeah Dude, toby how have you been
0: uh, man, honestly, just living on the edge, being a part of the dream that so many people have wanted to be a part of their whole life, and I'm just living it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I'm doing,
4: there honestly. Many how many kids do you have?
0: Three kids. They're all insane. Yeah. Everybody, every, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, I, it's it, I have to take Ruby, my daughter, to school now for kindergarten, and it's a nightmare, and I hate Yo,
5: it. Yo, dude, I choked up the other day when you were talking about that on your podcast. So I <sighs> listen to you guys regularly, and I was just like, oh, hell no. I'm not trying to hear this right now. It's awful.
0: Tim, how old Tim, are is, your kids? Is
5: Maren not in school, Tim? Yeah. yeah, Marin's in first grade, and oh, my, my middle son, Ezra, who's three, started uh, preschool. Yeah. And, yeah, it's wild. My yeah. kid's in preschool.
4: He bit the teacher in the face the other day. Oh, my God. Dad. Bath, bath salt,
2: little her. maniac.
4: Bath salt, in her, bit her <laughs>
2: in
0: the face. <laughs> Did she have a scar?
4: No, I mean it, it, it drew a little blood. We had to have a conference and everything. It was messed up, dude. Oh, gosh. oh That's god! That's actually what this is this is part two of the conference. Yeah, this is the what conference. Yeah, the,
0: the, this the, isn't an interview. This is an intervention.
4: Yeah, dude, parenting. Parenting is so strange. So strange.
1: It's so hard. Like, hey, well, so just, is that? Is that? aaron talking about his kid biting the teacher i'm yeah. trying to get everybody's yes. voices yes yeah. yeah yeah good ear joey <laughs> and then tim say something
5: yeah joey i'm glad you did your research on uh the your audio yeah, yesterday. research
1: nice work joey <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> and it's it's cool because you haven't had me or aaron on before so i'll give you a little grace no
1: actually we've had, <laughs> we had aaron. aaron we haven't had spencer right yeah yeah first hey yeah on. hey you're a regular listener though tim Way to ruin,
2: <laughs> way to ruin the podcast, Joey. Okay, all right. So let me tell you guys what's going to happen here. I'm just kidding, Tim. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna ask a bunch of questions here that are really good, Grilling. and then Toby's gonna cut a bunch of jokes that are semi-distracting but do add to the show. Yep. And then Joey's gonna say a bunch of weird things randomly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So
0: Matt, pretty much covers it. Matt. First question: Under oath, you guys broke up because of gay marriage. Go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It ruined your band. Yeah,
5: you guys that pick that,
0: sides, and it never that never works out.
5: But now that it's legal, we're back, dude. <laughs> now that it's legal, it's
0: back. Under oath, broke up until the Supreme Court. Yeah, they actually laid down some
2: justice. Yeah. Dude,
5: we were on strike, dude. Yeah, that is awesome.
2: They went on strike for equality, and they're back. <laughs> Spencer's getting married now.
3: really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, actually. (laughs) I was going to say, who's a lucky guy? But that's me,
2: dude. All right, well, let me ask you guys a real question here. This is the one that I get the most. First of all, I have a similar question, but I hear this one on the internet a lot. How in the world do you go through all this dramatic stuff and break up? And not only do you break up, but you make a film about breaking up. And then it seems like that well, how long was that 6 weeks ago last month what was that Six weeks you, you, ago. and now and now you're back together with some crazy announcement that it's all i mean the the rebirth <laughs> that's a that's a little bit of a quick turnaround on the breakup reunion isn't it well,
5: what what will be 3 3 or 4 years when we come back yeah i think play? i think the timeline to like i could put myself in like uh you know a music listener or just a random person who's looking mm-hmm. from outside in the shoes and really see like you know oh they had this movie come out about them never playing another show again in, right. in may and here we are <laughs> in august <laughs> right um but i think the big thing there is like we actually made that film you know at the end of 2013 so mm-hmm. almost 3 years ago uh or at the beginning of 2013 rather right. um so it it was like a weird thing where we had a lot of, like, weird kind of morning and shifts in our life, as well as, like, honestly dragging that film from start to finish. It was, like, a, a, a battle for sure. It was, a, you know, pulling teeth all the way to the end. And so by the time we actually got it out, it was, like, I'd watched this movie 10, 20 times for editing purposes and scoring purposes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I feel like we all kind of hit a spot at least, you know, the five of us, uh, minus Aaron, who necessarily wasn't on that tour, but we all had a spot where we were looking back at that. And you always have that like reflection time. And a lot of times that's like years later after a breakup or after you quit a job or after you leave, uh, you know, a city or you make a move and you look back after a few years and you go, Oh man, I could see that with perspective. Now that perspective, unfortunately hit just kind of around the yeah. time that the movie that took way too long to make was finished.
3: So.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird timing, but a lot yeah, of people. Go take ahead, Spencer. Two years to make something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, two and a half. Yeah, yeah it took two and a half years just to get out. So,
2: well, uh, you know, a lot of people would think, or even uh, some people would say that you calculated all this just for maximum uh, revenue. That you, you're gonna, you you milked it all the way.
5: For so smart yeah i love it <laughs> a huge plan whoever Been scheming is scheming the whole time dude yeah that's randy our manager he's he's the kingpin dude no one knows you guys want to <laughs> call randy he's got it all figured out yeah no i mean it, it's just one of those things man like we actually it, it actually came about in a really weird way when we were like finalizing the last edit to the film and like someone made a joke about you know it's you know it's December 15th 20 whatever 2014 and mm-hmm. chasing safety turns 10 this year it'd be cool to do like a show and we were all just like on a text like goofing off joking and then like it kind of got serious and we were like yeah well, it'd be cool to just pop up in like a dive club and just play like an old school punk rock show no name no announcement no merch no nothing and uh, obviously that kind of fizzled quick after we realized the logistical hurdles and that just kind of sparked everyone going, huh, that was an interesting thought for a week. And it kind of just got everyone in this weird space where we are kind of just looking at each other in this headspace of like, were we actually kind of excited to do that? And that was something, at least for me, like I never thought I would ever be excited to play music in Under Oath ever again. Like I was that last show for me in Tampa, St. Pete, Mm -hmm. was like, I am fully fulfilled. Like, I am fully, like, I've seen everything. We've done everything. I don't need this. I don't even necessarily want this, at least at the time. And so, to kind of two and a half, three years circle back to a spot where I have a lot of respect for what we did and, and a more clear head about, you know, what that looks like and the role that played in my life, it's just a... It's a really weird thing, and I think you know we all have that. Well,
2: topic. let's talk to Spencer because Spencer had a kind of the opposite reaction, uh, you know, via the movie. Uh, it, as far as he didn't think that was the end of it or wanted it to be the end of it. So, and Spencer, you didn't get to repre- get represented last time when we talked right. to, to you guys. So, yeah, you seem pissed on that. Video. Yeah, let's ha- let you have the floor yeah, here. I
3: mean, I think there was uh, two sides, and I think you know myself was wanting to continue. Uh, or at least wanted to do more of a farewell tour for everybody, you know? Just because we had such rad fans over the years that we had, you know... I mean, kids would drive to shows all over. There were some kids we met, like, on the farewell tour that had done, like, 50 under-all shows before, you know? Uh, So, yeah, I think I was pretty upset because, you know, you can't force your friends to do something they don't want to do anymore. I mean, that's... Right. You know, you can't force someone to love you or love their job or love music you know and i think you look back at all of us loving it at one point and then someone falls out of love and that's kind of hard like, so how's you know?
2: it how's it been for you not playing like i mean you have you come to terms with it and now this is a roller coaster coming back or is it well, did you always been, know you'd get back here
3: well I, I never thought on earth would play again but i've been touring and making albums and working with other bands that are in the studio and stuff just trying to like you know, I love music, so I'm going to keep doing it. I've been on tour all year this year.
2: I've seen so. I've seen your Sleepwave on every place yeah. I've ever been. I mean, you've done more tours than almost any like band. I, I mean, I, I don't even. <laughs> how many days have? How, how many days have you been touring a year in the last couple of years?
3: Oh well, I mean, we just started like six or seven months ago. I've been on home a total of like two or three weeks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. i leave in a couple of days until November. So weekend.
2: you're doing 200 plus days with Sleepwave?
3: I don't know. I have no idea. I will though. You know, it's it's Sleepwave is a new band, so it's like being eighteen and starting over again. You gotta like prove yourself. But with Under Oath coming back, I honestly never saw it coming either. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a phone call with Tim, and you know, I do my merch with Tim, like through Merchline, and we've kept a you know a great relationship. And I think when you walk away from something, and Aaron could probably say the same thing, and you're like, all right, well, that's it. You kind of You know, remember why you love the guys in the first place, why we started this in the first place and like being best friends and growing up together and you kind of just forget all the, you know, Mm -hmm. the BS that comes with it. And when a conversation comes up, it's like, would you ever do this again? You know, kids would ask me all the time, merch tables or you know, other labels when I was shopping for Sleepwave, they'd be like, Would you ever do an Under Earth show again? I was like, If you get all those guys in the room together and they want to play a show, I will sure as hell be there.
2: Yeah, I've heard yeah. that for more than one of y'all, but what was the logistical pieces that fell into that made it actually possible? Because yeah, Chris who had that? his job. And I mean, wh- there was a bunch yeah. of reasons not to.
0: But, but yeah, think, who, who started the whole thing where, I mean, you guys just said you talked about playing one show, but who finally said, Hey, we can do this. Well, Jesus started it. Yeah, it was the Lord. After the Jesus Lord, who did it?
5: started it. <laughs> Joey, just when I think.
0: So y'all owed it to Jesus to do this again.
5: Yeah, no, I mean, it, honestly, it was Grant. Um, Grant, I think, is the Mastermind. most unsung dude that, like, believes in under oath. Like, Grant, I mean, like, Spencer's been outspoken about it. Uh, Aaron's been outspoken about wanting to do something again. You know, I think it was very, very easy to go, oh, Tim and Chris and James were the guys who quote unquote broke up the band. The other guys, you know, especially Spencer being vocal because he's a singer uh, and has more of a platform, is was the guy that wanted to keep going. But Grant was very much like in that corner and like. And I also
3: thought Grant was kind of misrepresented on the DVD because he was pissed as hell too, and like he wanted to keep going, and that doesn't really come across on the documentary at all grant's been grant's been wanting to keep under going since the very you know decision of the farewell tour you know
5: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly And, and grant very much was like you know it was a really cool thing because you know we all and spencer and i have talked about this since but it's like it was very like Polarizing. It was, like, black and white. It was, like, here's the guys that don't like music. And even Spencer just said it. And I think it's more of, like, a, uh, you know, of just more of a, a natural, like, knee-jerk response rather than, like, a fact of I can't make my friends like music. I can't make my friends love being in Under Oath. It was, like, we never stopped liking music. We never stopped liking being in Under Oath. We stopped being able to... Do that to the point at which Under Oath needed it to be sacrificed to do. Which
2: but, what, but what? what changed kids. though? Like what? How did Chris get the time off? How did you got how, how is it that you are going to do it now?
5: Yeah. So that. So, yeah. Sorry, we got off track. But yeah, basically, Grant was the one that hit us up, going, "Dudes, you, you know, the guys in the band that don't want to tour full time, I get it. But like, can we all just play a celebratory show for no money, no merch, just celebrate?" chasing safety, I just want to play with my friends again. And we all kind of got on a call. We were like, yeah, that'd be cool. We are thinking about doing something back in, you know, last year. And it was just like, man, it just doesn't feel right. And we were finishing up the documentary. We was just like, we can't do that. But everyone was like, you know, honestly, if we were ever to do anything, the earliest we could ever fathom it would be 2016. And then that, someone just kind of uttered that and I forget who it was, but then it was like, there wasn't a response back like, oh, hell no. Like everyone was kind of like, wait, is that a thing? And by that time, it was like, well, what does that look like? And really, like you said, the big hurdle was Chris. Chris has a government job. He has to use a specific computer on a specific IP address. He can't be mobile, and he has very strict rules on government contracts. And honestly, that was the crux, was like, there's no way, even if we all wanted to do that, that we could. And then literally fast forward like six weeks later, and Chris is like, dudes, I just got five weeks off. I can do this if we're really talking about this. And that was just one of those things where we're all like...
0: Obama, we don't what, man. Obama. Yeah, we
5: don't, we don't know what this looks like, but like, let's just keep walking through this door until there's a reason to not walk through it. And here we are with a tour on sale.
3: Yeah. Crazy, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is very crazy. So the first thing that you announced was that the festival. What's that called?
3: Self-help. Self-help.
2: Self-help. So you had to announce that first before you could announce the whole tour thing. But you've had it... How long have you had this cooking? How long did you six guys know? that this was going to happen before we all found out on Facebook or whatever?
3: I don't think we had it completely thought... I remember... I'm trying to remember what day it was when I was outside and Randy called because he doesn't manage SleepWave. He manages on the road, for the people that don't know uh, who Randy is. Um, He called me to to see if I could take time off. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew that we were actually going to do a tour for sure. I mean, like us talking on the phone and... The group text that the band always had once we all had iPhones started popping up again. It was all fun and games. But when you're actually talking about, oh, can you take off from your job and Chris is going to take off from his and Tim's going to take off from his and Aaron's going to take off from his, that's when it became real to me. And mm-hmm. I don't, I want to say, I don't know, Tim, when was that? Maybe six months ago?
5: Yeah, I mean, to be straight up, when we were doing the first podcast with you dudes, um, Together, when Spencer wasn't there, we all knew you bastards. that we were doing something. We just didn't know what it was, and obviously it wasn't about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's been something that we've been sitting on going. So
2: you literally knew when your DVD about how you would never play again came out that you were going to play again. Awkward. I think
5: shortly before
3: that. We, we didn't know, like, the dates. We didn't know for how sure. long. But I think we that was around the time that I, I remember getting the phone call. Because I was on tour, so I, I want to say it was around the same time, because I was gone when you guys did the documentary podcast as well. And think- yeah,
5: it was right around that time where we realized we had the time off and we had the interest of the dudes in the band. And then it was like, okay, what's next? And so there wasn't really anything materialized. And honestly, at that point, like we were... I'm still kind of like anything can happen. Like anyone can get pregnant at any point. Anyone could break their arm or break their leg. I mean, this tour's seven months from now. It's like it's it's real. It's True. here. But it's it's still one of those really weird things where you're like it's so far away that it's like not really gonna be here until we're all sitting in a room for the first time. Especially with Aaron being gone since 2009, it'll be the first mm-hmm. time we've played together in seven years. Like I think the first time we actually play that first note together. That's when it's going to materialize it's like holy crap, like this is yeah. actually happening you know? and, sure. and,
0: and and then that that brings up a great point too with like Daniel being y'all's drummer for so long, and now aaron's back did, did that go over smoothly and how did y'all talk with Aaron and ask him to come back for this?
2: if only he was here to to, to tell us about it is he gone <laughs> he's been guy hey heard man, from
4: I'm, I'm I'm here I'm just listening tight
2: aaron how did it uh how did you get brought into I this? was
4: I was on the original group text about um, mm-hmm. the chasing safety thing uh, that, that Grant brought up. So when I talked to you guys,
5: um, I don't remember when that was.
4: Um, I was producing some record somewhere about the Leap of Paramore. And I, I knew that something was going to happen then. Um, and for me, I think that I, and this is kind of a rabbit trail, but I just, I needed closure. You know, like I, the way that I left the band and the way, the headspace I was in. Um, which was a really unhealthy one. And um, I kind of stacked all these reasons on top of it that, that I think were BS. And so I guess for me, like... Um,
2: what does BS stand for? Over-
4: it stands for, um, for... I don't
2: know. <laughs> big sister.
5: <laughs> big sister. <laughs> I stacked all this big sister on top of my shit. Yeah.
4: So, any, to- any, anyways, I just... Um, I was on those original texts, and I guess for me, like, I've done a lot of really stupid stuff in my life, um, emotionally and as a human. And so for me to even be on that text, I was just pumped. You know what I'm saying? Like, ultimately, I like I really wow. respect Daniel. Um, he's a good buddy of mine. Like, you know, I think that the record that Under Oath made with him is great. Um, and I remember having a phone call with Spencer in 2010 I had heard the masters of that record. I was like, this is so great. Um, but for me, I, I, uh, you know, I was the, I was on those texts from the beginning, which has been really cool. Um, for me as a person to kind of be able to close this door finally in my life, you know, and I kind of look at it that way. I, I, you know, to be able to get in the room with these dudes and actually hang out and play these songs that we all made together that I believe in so much. Um, it's such a emotionally, a big deal for me. Um, and Not to mention the fact that it's just going to be fun as crap. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just pumped, you know, that I was on those initial texts. But that's how I kind of came into it, you know. It's so just, I was, that's yeah, a kind
2: know. of a humble sounding thing there. You're saying you made some mistakes and screwed up, and are, are just grateful to even be included.
4: Uh, I, yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I, I I was going through a lot of weird emotional shit. I needed to be medicated. I was. I had this. Crazy
2: tell, tell us about it. This is good stuff.
4: Uh, yeah, I had this crazy anxiety. Um, I always, it's so, it's so weird to talk about now in my thirties, but I always thought something was wrong with me. Um, so I just spent all my time on tour with Under Oath kind of thinking I was dying or was sick. And it sounds funny to say, um, but you know, I really made that a polarizing thing, uh, in my life. Like these guys are out to get me, um, and they think I'm an asshole and I I was an asshole to, to be frank, but, um, they, they don't understand blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to get out of here. You know, and and looking back on it now, it's it's so childish, um, and kind of immaterial to what was happening when they were trying to help me all along. Um, So I guess that's kind of what I'm speaking to is, is I was I was sick, like mentally sick. And I know that sounds way dramatized, and I never really talked about this before. Well, let's uh,
2: zoom all before. the way into that. So that was like you were, <laughs> you were in Europe or something. And or, I remember, yeah. I think uh, I remember hearing about. it. We were in Europe in some other region at the time, and it hit the, you know, the news wire, or whatever. But what was going, what was going through your head? During, I mean, to do that in the middle of a tour.
4: Uh, I just thought I was sick. I don't even remember what the, what the hell it was. Some bullshit disease that I dreamed up. I don't even know. Anyway, um, I had just kept missing sound checks, and I would just like take a weird taxi to like some strange ass hospital. And like, you know, I was in, and Tim, Tim set me down with everyone else and said, dude, like this is a selfish action. It's basically what the conversation was. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't really remember, um, the logistics of the conversation or what exactly was said, but the reality is it was true. Um, and you know, how people are this is such a cheesy saying people always say the truth hurts. You know, I was like, well, shit, like I'm pissed now. You know, um, and so then I somehow rationalized in my brain that like I was actually sick and I actually had to leave, and I was like, "Well, screw it, I'm done." Um, so it was a really a knee jerk reaction for me. You know, I, I guess I've never really given the correct answer, but the truth is, I was just mentally stupid, wow. um, and and just uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I when I go back and think about it, it's so strange.
2: Do you I wish can't. you didn't do it?
4: Um.
2: It was a mistake to quit, under- or,
4: or did it help you
0: get past it?
4: I think it helped me get past it um, because the truth is, is I, I I would say a mistake if it wasn't for the fact that since that day that I left, that we left Europe, we played. I think it was Milan. Was it Milan? Does anyone remember? I think it was the Milan, final show. Yeah. yeah the, ever ever since then, I haven't. I
0: yeah, haven't we played been. Milan like a million times. Go ahead.
4: I haven't, <laughs> 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 I haven't been back um, in that headspace since then.
0: I your band was so up. huge that you were able to play Milan and be freaked out that your health wasn't good and you left Milan. That is well, insane. I think
3: also to its credit a little bit we were on tour f- literally more than any band probably should yeah. be. Yeah. And I we agree were, with you. We were probably all 17 when we got in the van together. We all grew up fast and differently and dealt with different shit at the same time and I think at this point, what I remember is a lot of us not really being on the same page or quite getting along like we used to, and I think just the big like, all right, band meetings, we're all going to hash it out, turns into also Aaron, like, yeah, being like, you know what, fuck this, I'm, I don't need this, I don't need, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think he felt alienated. I remember, I don't know, Aaron, if you remember yeah. this, if I remember even what you were wearing, that Nike. Hoodie, when you pulled me aside, and you're like, dude, I'm sorry, I love you, but I gotta go. I'm, I'm quitting after we talked. And I was like, well, that I'm pretty pissed at you now. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember you, I remember that night, the show we played that night, it was in
4: Prague, you literally broke fucking everything yeah. on stage. I remember, and I remember like thinking that like the conversation was correct, that I needed to hear it. Um, I just, I just was so full of pride, you know, for myself. I was like, I, I, you know this is this is what I'm dealing with. You know these are my demons that I got to deal with. And fuck you guys if you can't handle it. You know what I mean. And I, and I think that I think that that's honestly the reason. And now looking back at it, I'm I'm glad that I went through it. Uh, I, I don't think we'd be in this position as friends and as people and as men um, if I hadn't have. But um, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. Well,
5: yeah, I think that had to happen. I mean, I feel Ready like to. I remember the last conversation I actually had with. Aaron, as a member of Unwrote, was that conversation. It was, like, so brutal. <laughs> like, looking back, it's like, yeah, it's all water under the bridge. But I, the, some of the things that were said on both sides were just no one was acting right. And I think it's a lot easier. Spencer and I have had this conversation. But it's, like, it's a lot easier to be, like, yeah, the guy who's got the actual quote-unquote problem is the cause of all this, uh-huh. if, you know. Aaron wasn't acting X way we wouldn't have to have this conversation so whether it's bad on me Chris him Grant and Spencer and everyone in the like it's really his fault and I think that's how we that's the lens we looked through that as but it's in reality like being married being in a professional environment where people have good days and bad days it's like if I acted the way I acted to Aaron and even Spencer mm -hmm. and when he had certain issues, if I treated my wife or my kids or my boss or my coworkers that way, like, I'd be a pretty lonely dude and I wouldn't be able to keep any relationship. So it's a really cool thing to look back and go, we were all piles of shit that were just trying to work our stuff out and Aaron had his crap, I had my crap, and my crap couldn't handle his crap, and his crap couldn't handle the crap we were all giving him, and it just it imploded, and I think it's like Aaron left or... You know, Tim and Chris broke up the band, or Spencer was doing this, but it was really all of us because we were either enabling, right, destroying, that's right. enabling or not Enabling is the right word
2: for that. To, to me, you got to look at. It. In psychology and like family theory, that they say that uh uh, and this is a band's like a family is what I'm saying. It's a unit, and they say it's like a it's like a mobile, like it balances and hangs, and when something's off balance, it throws other things off balance. But it works as a system. So just like an enabling or codependent uh, drug addict family member stuff like that, you guys stood out to me and stand out to me as a band where everybody was just pushing really hard the direction they wanted to go and then the result was you you didn't take anything slow i mean you 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 know, if somebody wanted to slow down, it wasn't slow down time. It wasn't take care of the guy that wants to slow down. It's uh, no, but I want to. I want to stay on tour. We need to do this, and you know, it just everything ramped itself up, and it was just this really uh, high RPM thing that every all had to be go all the time, as opposed to slow down and take care of this sick guy, or slow down and take care of the guy with his family or whatever. It was just all systems go kind of I, thing.
4: I think. I think for me too. Like when I, I started when I started playing in this band, I was 15. Um, and then we all joined as kids, you know, and I think that we all grew up together, but in different ways with different sets of ideals. And I don't know how even that's possible, but it's clear, like when you look at, I mean, especially the three of us, so I mean, we all have pretty different, well, I, just, I guess they're kind of coming around to being the same set of ideals almost in ways, but we all grew up together, but in different ways. And I think that, that creates this interesting dysfunction. Like you said, it's like a, you know, it it really is like a marriage, like a family being in a band and you always have, you know, different kids have different, you know, now that I have a child of my own kids have different ways they do things than other kids, you know, like, so I guess for me, like um, I just was in a place where I needed a certain thing um, and they needed a certain thing from me. And we had, it, it, it was just, we were just too immature to meet in the middle you know, like all of us, like we were too immature to say, okay, this is stupid. Like, what do we need to do? How do we fix this? How do we make this this way? Let's go figure this out. But I think that, again, it wouldn't be what it is now. We wouldn't have the relationships we have now um, without that moment. And I think the reason of that is is because we kind of got it all out there. You know what I mean? There's never been shit with us where it's like, oh, he said, she said. We kind of said it all to each other. You know, so I think that that's why we can come back and do this and it feels healthy and it feels correct because there's really no on my end and on all of our end, I believe there's really no, you know, kind of ill will there, you know? So,
0: and is this tour, are you guys thinking this is closure? Like, okay, we came back into this one five week thing or whatever, or are you thinking, Hey, let's just, be who we are now. Well Toby, you can't believe anything they say. Right, I no, know. You know they've, know they've
2: got plans. Whatever it is. <laughs> I
0: know. No, no, Seriously. Toby, like Toby, uh, I've honestly, never seen like, a band get back together so they can make a sequel to their movie. <laughs> 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 hey you know what be cool? Well I'd love to make another movie. Hey, let's get this band back together, dude.
5: <laughs> we actually are shooting a movie on the tour. It's called Rebirth. No, I'm just joking. No, I mean I think I think that like we'll see where it goes. I think that you know one thing that uh, uh, you know, I think that again, almost like that immature thing. Like Matt was just saying, it's either all or nothing. It was like gas pedal at zero to sixty or e brake off the cliff. And it's like, I think we got to that point where it's like there were certain dudes that were like, "Yo, I can't go zero to sixty all the time," <laughs> and there was other dudes that were like, "Well, I can't just sit here going fifteen miles an exactly. hour around That's a, a racetrack. Great way to put like, it. you need to either." Floor it and like let's do this all the way wholeheartedly or kill it because we're not gonna limp this dog around the block.
2: May, I, I mean, that th- was, in that sense, couldn't you almost see, Tim, that you guys maybe even pushed Aaron over the edge?
5: Yeah, oh, because yeah, I, I kind of, I mean,
2: it was p- relatively predictable from my point of view.
5: Yeah, I think that, like, you know, I think that the constructs of our band psychologically and socially at the time. Uh, for Spencer and Aaron and me and everyone else were very primed for dysfunction. And I oh. think oh, that, we like... we
3: had no idea what we were doing. Our band meetings were pretty brutal and probably they,
5: unhealthy. They were, yeah, they were <laughs> atrocious. And it was like... I don't think
4: probably unhealthy is even, I
5: mean, definitely, <laughs> definitely.
4: unhealthy.
0: Well,
1: just yeah, just I mean, on- really saying... Just like
0: mean stuff to each other yeah. about about stuff like when you say when yeah. you Yeah, you-
5: like honestly, like I mean I've never said this to anyone, but like the last conversation I had with Aaron was literally telling him like he was the worst fucking pile of shit on human <laughs> Earth. Wow. Like, I, I didn't sound that unhealthy,
1: man. Yeah, but I no, mean, no, aaron responds,
2: gets back to stuff. It reminds like, me of my marriage. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, no. But it's like that's where I was at. I was like, it was to the point where like I didn't understand how to communicate with Aaron my frustrations. He didn't understand how to communicate his frustrations, so he acted out the way he did, and I thought I was like some high and mighty, like mature guy by not acting out. But then when I did act out, I like flipped my shit, you know. And that's like even more destructive than just having a quirk every day. It's like, dude, if have a beer every day. Don't drink a 24-pack on Friday and kill yourself. Like, that was my motive. It's like, I'm good Monday through Friday, but Friday night, like, I'm, like, Go wrecking insane. house. And, and that's what that was. It was, like, it was a breaking point for him. It was a breaking point for me. It was a breaking point for us. And I felt like, you know, I... It, it's a weird thing, too, because I'm kind of... I don't know... It's just I was always in the middle of everything. Like I heard sides, but we had this really bad communication factor. So I There's felt just like.
3: There's too many of us, man. Yeah. If you got it, of me. you.
5: Like I was the asshole because I felt like there was no. If I didn't say anything, no one was going to say anything. Yeah. And it's like I can only go so long without exploding. And sure. the things I said to Aaron, my points were valid. And Aaron's right. points were valid. But telling someone based on these points, you are now, quote unquote, you know, worthless or lower than me or Aaron going, you guys are just selfish assholes and you don't understand. It's like, no, we understand, but we have to get to resolution. And then yeah. for me, I'm like the fact that you're going to, you know, quote unquote, fake being sick and ruin our lives and cancel tours and ruin my family's life because you can yeah. get your shit together. Fuck you. And that is the wrong response because he actually had a problem. And I just thought my personal problems like bills and stability and focus and forward motion and inertia trumped his human Mm -hmm. condition at the time. It's crazy
2: because he did have a problem, but it wasn't blood poisoning or a heart attack. It was in his brain, right? Right. But you you did actually have a problem. And ironically, the problem was you were always thinking you had problems, but it wasn't the one you were saying.
4: Speaking speaking into that, I think now that I've had, I mean, I've had six years to think about it, you know, and, and I've. I, I received treatment for two years and and got better, you know. But I, I think that now that I look at it, is Tim Tim had to be the guy um, that kind of was the glue, you know. In his defense, I mean, and all this stuff really happened, obviously. But the rest of us were just we would like we would have never said anything. Do you know what I mean? Like it would have just gone and gone and gone until it was even worse. So I think. Speaking, of, you know, speaking into that night in Prague. I don't even. I don't, was it Prague? Shit, I don't remember.
3: But I know where the conversation we had after it was, the outside, show it was, was outside. It was in the Czech Republic because I wrote it down on my phone. I know right. I forget that because I wanted to know where the hell we were. Yeah. I don't know Anyways, <laughs>
4: that when that happened, like something needed to happen. It's just the way that it happened on every end. Like Tim is saying, but Tim, Tim is the guy in Under Oath who kind of has, who always had to be the glue you know what I mean like he's the guy that felt like
3: aka know, been, the dick
4: <laughs> no but it's it, it it but every band needs a guy that kind of goes on their behalf and and gets Kick shit done right yeah kicking ass taking names but for me um I really think that again I don't know we've said this like 17 freaking times but I, I it had to happen you know what I mean like I, I I don't think that I would want to go to my grave or or have conversations about under oath not knowing that we didn't do what we did and get it out there mm-hmm. the way that we did even though you know like you guys are saying 0 060 with touring zero we were i mean under oath was 100% 100% of the time you know and i think that even in our conversations we were you know it wasn't about like what can i do for you this is how i feel how do you feel it was like no fuck you let's fix it now this way our way or the highway and and, and i think that that's where we had a flaw too as a band as we were 0 060 in our conversations, in, in, our, our, rela- relationship. in yeah. our relationships. It wasn't just, you know, people watch videos of Under Oath or tell me all the time, you guys are crazy live. We were like that as humans. Sure. That's who we <laughs> That's who we were, yeah. you know, in conversation, in our living. Um, and that's not a way to live a life. It just isn't. And it's not a way to be in a relationship with, with a woman, uh, with uh, another person, with a band. You can't be in a relationship that is just... On fucking 10 all the time. Well, I mean, imagine
2: being with like a woman, like she's, you know, that super wild. She's hot, but y'all throw things at each other and scream and cuss each other out and then go make love. It's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. But they're not, yo, gonna that, they're that, not gonna last.
5: Not gonna last. Yo, Matt, Toby, it's, if you find her, you, you give her my number. That's my dream girl.
0: I can <laughs> totally, one hundred percent, remember us at Soundway Festival, and you guys. I I remember Tim and Aaron. Matt, were you there when we walked by them? Do you remember this? No. We were we were at Soundway Festival. And it was me and I think Devin and maybe it was Josh and Tim and Aaron were just laying into each other out behind the, the hotel just standing somewhere out or maybe it was outside behind the venue or whatever. And we were just walking around and I just, I remember going, Whoa, that is crazy. Like our, our, like our band Emory,
2: has never functioned like that. Like, we, yeah, we, can you? I mean, what do you guys think an Emory band meeting is like?
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, well, not, not you guys like don't that. not have band meetings. No, of course, course we don't you guys have band, band meetings. Alive, band <laughs> meeting. The fact that you guys are still even existing and have all of your limbs is mind blowing to us. Of
2: course we don't have band meetings. It,
0: it, I mean, it, it is, it, but it was hilarious because I mean, I remember walking by and then, I think it was like me and Dave and, and Devin. And I was like, oh my God. Gosh! And then me, Devin, Devin, and Dave just went, <laughs> and we went and got a beer, and I was like, "Whoa! I guess that's how other bands are." I don't know. I don't even I don't know. Remember, so like,
5: I don't remember that at all. It, I don't it, remember that at all. But I do remember us being on Soundwave, and us riding in a shuttle together, and Toby rolling down the window to a bunch of fans on the street in the shuttle with Aaron and all the recognizable <laughs> members of Underoath. And screaming, fuck you, we an Under Oath. <laughs> and all, and no! all, the fans, all the fans in Under Oath gear looked at Aaron and Spencer like, oh my God. And then that Toby could Toby and Dave literally turned around like, straight up, and I remember
4: that, dude. It was awesome. I don't remember any of that. Damn it. I wish I did.
5: No, but I mean, Toby, I think you're right. That's the thing, though, is like, that is literally. The last time I think we had a, an, a, a mature argument about like real stuff was kind of never. Um, and I think that's what made Under Oath so kind of what we were is like we had all this tension all the time. And even in our records, like people hear them, they're like, oh, it's so diverse. It's like, that's not diversity, that's everyone fighting tooth and nail to kind of like breed this thing that we that isn't existing yet and and i think that we all had a different idea of what that was and i think that you know it's it's a weird thing to kind of look back on but i don't think i'd change it because i think that like under oath only changed so many people's lives because aaron is aaron and Spencer is Spencer. And they went through the things they went through mm-hmm. and have now come out the other side. And, like, I wrote the songs I wrote because I'm me and I grew up the way I grew up. And then I came into my own on tour and made a bunch of mistakes. And I still make a bunch of mistakes now. But I think that, like, for us to change any of those things, would we would just either write horrible music or we wouldn't have the right chemistry. And I think, like, me and Aaron always used to talk about this and Spencer, actually us three, of, like, where are that couple that fights all the time but when we have sex it's like insane. Oh
3: yeah. Um,
5: And like the sex is like the music. Like I remember Aaron telling me he's like I hate you but I love writing music with you because like I can't write music with anyone else the way we write it but then all of our personal dynamics spill over once the last note's done and then things get weird and we kind of just go our separate ways and that's like that's the dysfunction but that, that dysfunction also bred a lot of like really cool I think creative scenarios. I don't know if Spencer or Aaron have a, have a thought on that. I, mean, are I you made ba- that up.
1: Are you basically saying it that you it. guys are not friends? I mean, is that that's kind of what you no, described? I,
4: I, We're friends I, now, definitely okay. friends now. But I, I think that you know people say things to me like grandiose things all the time that I think are insane. Like you guys invented a music genre, or like blah blah blah, that I think is uh, whatever. But I I hear that stuff and I and I think to myself like, and I've told people this, and and I've said t- Tim is is my favorite writer. I've told them I still say that. Like and and the reason is I think that people think we invented something is there was nothing invented. It was it was birthed out. And what I mean by that is like we literally fought. Like we would we weren't the band that wrote forty songs and then went in the studio and recorded forty and then picked the best ten. It took us two years always to write ten songs because we fought tooth and nail for that music yeah you know what i mean like we literally for
2: each part Yeah,
4: we literally it was a it was a knockdown drag out thing you know what i mean and i think that that's the reason like tim is saying and i totally echo that and agree with the fact that what it was made it what it was you know what i mean like our zero to 100 relationships made it the zero to 100 music that people have found that is this genre that we quote unquote invented you know that there's there was no genre there that was us wanting to kill each other and putting it on tape you know yeah. what I mean? So I think that it—he's I, I, right. You know, I, I, I totally echo that and agree
2: with that. Spencer, what what's it like now going back to do these songs? We didn't get to talk to you about this, but it's a great topic. You're no longer uh, a Christian, and, and you can correct me if I'm not saying that the way you'd want it to be said. What's it like to gonna have to go back and do these songs that I believe have Christian lyrics, like Christian songs and stuff?
3: I mean, I think a lot of the songs that we wrote. Uh, um, we were just singing about what we were going through at the time. And Uh I don't think that you can change what you've done or how you've lived or where you end up. But no matter what it is, you can't deny it. And I don't think there's anything that I would go back now and like, Oh, I wish I would have said a different word here or said something different there. Or I don't mean this or I don't believe this anymore. I don't even know that that's necessarily the case. I think I feel really differently about the organized religion itself, and I have a lot of problems with different there, but I'm the same dude that believes in the love that turned me on to Christianity itself, Uh and have had that in my life shape who I am now, who is a way better person than I was 10 years ago.
2: So you're not a Christian now, but you're a better person than you were. You're happier with yourself and think you're better off.
3: Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a textbook Christian by any means. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. You know, go to church and practice the things that most ideal Christians do. I. I, I believe a lot of the same things I did. But I, when I see Christian, I, I think of, the you know, following every rule of the Bible and as you should is that's what it says to do. And that's probably not me. So right. I'm just a dude that has focused a lot on himself over the last ten years in a non selfish way, in a way to be a better me for uh, for everyone, including myself, to, to be to be comfortable with myself and I, I am there now and I don't know what that means, but I know all the songs that I wrote are part of that. So there's nothing about me that feels weird about that. No.
0: Cool.
5: Yeah. I think it's like a journey, you know. I mean, even Joey just mentioning, like, I just listening back in my head to like the last five minutes. It's like him going, "So wait, are you guys not, not even friends?" Uh, well, yeah, um, we got
3: to remember that there was a lot we, of good times where we had. Yeah, job. it's, it's so like We hated each
5: other, yeah. and and I think that we we were focusing on prostitutes, like what does that dysfunction drugs, look like and. Uh, sorry this isn't emory toby that's your band meeting Um, no i mean it's like you know for instance like me and james work together all of our kids are best friends our wives are best friends chris and james and i all go to the same church we all volunteer at the same church spencer and aaron uh, are proximity based away from us and grant and i live in the same neighborhood so we're all friends we're all homies still for sure I think we're better friends now than we were when we had to depend on each other's quirks and bad and good decisions uh, to eat. And I think that was like the beauty of breaking up is it's like, I finally look at Spencer as like the dude I grew up with and like we traveled the world together and I don't care if he feels like not going on tour or he doesn't have to worry about me feeling like I want to go on tour because it doesn't matter anymore. We could just, be Spencer and Tim and Aaron and Grant, you know, and James and Chris. So I think that's the, the real beauty of it is it's like we've always loved each other. But at that point, like once you remove the stress, you can really see there's nothing else but the love. And I, and I think when we were going full time, you know, 200 plus days a year and fighting about do we go to radio and who what producer and everyone had these ideas of what their next 10 years looked like. And everyone's five and 10 year plan hinged on getting everyone else on board to their little life raft, yeah. that's really destructive. And once we removed all of the, the pretense and the bullshit, it's like, oh, we're all just friends again. Right. And it's awesome. So it's like we never became, you know, non-friends, and we never really, like, lost anything it just got like really buried under a bunch of other stuff that didn't matter and once we remove that it's like okay we're all humans we all have kids now we all have wives now aside from you know obviously spencer and grant but it's like those dudes have commitments in their life and they're all we're all grown up yeah. adults that now grab beers together and talk about old times and talk about what's new and what sleep wave's doing and what merch line's doing and what aaron's doing and paramore's doing and it's like we're all just really good friends and the fact that we can come together in this like Stress free context and celebrate some of our most violent years together is pretty awesome. Well, I think the other thing too that that sounds
0: go ahead
3: that like people say sometimes, like, well, moving in with your best friend might be a bad idea. You might not be great roommates, although you're best friends. I feel like that's kind of how Under Oath was like, we're all best friends that love each other, but maybe not that we all get married together and just spend 24 hours a day constantly trying to make it work. You know, I think. We were, we like, I, I was talking to Tim about this on the phone the other day. It's like, yeah. even at our worst moments of, like, you're mad because I was doing drugs or I'm mad at you for judging me and making me feel like I need to isolate myself or whatever, we're fist-fighting in the road about the next song, it, someone would come up and, like, we would dive in front of a bullet in front of each other, you know, like, for one another. And I feel like that was everyone in the band, even on their worst days would have done anything for the other person. We just, A, didn't know how to express that or accept each other at our differences, and maybe, you know, not all the time best friends should be roommates, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: well, I think a lot of people don't understand. Like being in a band is not like any other job because another job, you go to work and then you go home and you leave those people. But in a band, for weeks and days and days and days, you're around these people twenty four seven. It's you're, like you're on being the a
2: gay polygamist. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I mean,
0: seriously, there's no there's no way out. I mean, there is no way out. And and little things start getting more and more. And you're right, as your life changes and you start. Be- Trying to, I, I like what Tim said, l- l- wanting to try and pull people your way. Like, hey, I have, I have a wife now. I have a kids now. I want to do this, this. Come on, make sure you do this, this, and this. There's so much more to it that goes. And this is why I think this tour, and this is what I wanted to get into lastly here, is that this tour, I want to I hear some logistics and details about this tour. But I think what it sounds like is it's going to be a really awesome tour because there there's no stipulations. There's no requirements or anything. It's just dudes who initially like music and hanging out with each other are back together and going to play these songs. Exactly. Which is awesome. Out. That means that means the songs are going to be played maybe the best they've been played in years.
4: Seriously. I texted Tim that the other day. I said I think that this will be the best we've ever been. You know what I mean? Because there's 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 no pretense. Like
0: no
1: pressure. I'm so
4: excited just to get on stage with those guys and literally make people go, "What is happening? Yeah. Like I want it to be the most violent, reckless, loud insanity ever and there's no there's no there's nothing in anyone's back pocket you know we're only we're only doing this because we love each other and we love these songs
1: the and only thing in your back pocket people. being a new under oath album yeah <laughs> you're gonna make new music mm-hmm. i mean that can't be completely off the table
3: i think i i i, I answer uh, this question uh, yet, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, it, we haven't even gotten in a room together yet you know like, anything <laughs> could happen <laughs> We, we could cancel the whole tour because we hate it, or we could write a record. You, we have no idea what's going to happen. Like the six of us have not sat in a room with instruments in, in se- our hands. Seven in, in seven years. In seven years. God. God. So,
1: Please don't take Lord's name, man. Dear, yeah. Dear no, Jesus. I
5: mean, I, I don't think that music is in our future, personally. Like, I think about that, and I think about the you know, just the logistics of that. and But again, like two and a half, three years ago, I was like, yeah, there's no way in hell I'll ever play another Under Oath show. Like this is January 26th or 27th or whenever we play. It's like, this is literally the last note I'm ever going to play as Tim from Under Oath. I remember even thinking like, all of my friends on tour, like I'm never going to see them again. And they don't even know my last name. I'm just like Tim Oath or <laughs> Tim Under Oath. Like that, That I just, my last name just disappeared from like 90% of the people that I text or, yep. or call regularly. And, and and so it's like, a. I feel like you just have to like take it as it comes. But for us to be honest without any like, in six months, we're gonna ask you guys <laughs> back and be like, "Yeah, we had the whole album already in mastering, and we talked." Like, there's zero plans of writing these songs. Awesome. Um, but there are
0: three you know, albums completed right now. Yeah, the as, I mean,
5: as far as like, you know, what does it look like if a you know skate and surf or a Coachella or someone next year says, "Hey, can you guys play?" I think we're fully open to that, provided that this tour goes as healthy yeah. and as well as we think it will go
2: interesting we already turned down coachella yeah we turned it down what tell us the
0: uh (laughs) it's too commercial but yeah y'all do it that'd be cool that'd be good for you um what so give us some deets about this tour
5: (laughs) dude it's uh man it's 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 really it honestly it's like we were I was just talking to Spencer about this yesterday, but it's like so humbling to see the response so far because a tour, unlike any other tour, you've never put a tour on sale, you know, it's August and the tour's in March. So it's like we threw it up and we were like, Yeah, like let's get around this and there was a lot of things that were kind of at play that we had no control over. We we're like, All right, let's just let's just roll with the punches and the response has been so overwhelmingly like Insane, and Spencer and I were just talking about it like yesterday. Just like, man, we're so blessed to like have people care about what we did at twelve years ago to the point where they're reacting as strongly, if not stronger, than they ever have. It's a crazy
2: amount of tickets sold. Is the VIP already sold out or close to it?
5: Yeah, everything everything on the VIP stuff sold out in like a couple days. Aside from Boise and Salt Lake, I think are the last two shows that are still available, which is Uh so it's honestly insane and for us it's just like you know the venues are really cool you know we've always wanted to play the tabernacle in atlanta yep. it's been a dream of ours we've never played it and we're playing it on this tour we've never played hard rock in orlando we're playing hard rock that actually goes on sale this wednesday or tomorrow or today whenever this gets published it's like there's so many really like monumentous things that we were striving so hard to do as a full-time band and couldn't and now seven or eight years later and we're just like yeah let's see what happens like all of a sudden it falls into place it's just been a really like honestly like really humbling thing and like the reaction we've gotten from the fans has been so insane and i think that's one thing that like i think we all agree on is like people that have supported under oath like really connected with us has been everyone says oh we have the best fans or the best supporters or the best people at our shows but like we literally have like the best people that come to our shows yeah. like we've become friends with dozens of people in every city and you know like spencer said it sucked to not be able to go to every city on our farewell tour you're
2: going to a lot though how many dates is there
5: this is the full u.s tour yeah. right? this is full u.s this is 33 oh days. yeah
2: on your farewell tour you weren't able to go to all of them. Well, this one you're getting everybody here everybody can drive to where these shows are and they're all available they're all on sale right now right General Everyone admission? With,
5: yeah, like, yeah. Canada, Everything's on I think sale there's, right
3: now. there's only one Canadian date, but other than that, we're hitting it all.
2: Yeah. Anybody in the United States can get to one of these shows no matter what. And yeah. you can buy tickets right now. And let me suggest to you, there won't be a better ticket. Most of the time, tickets don't go on sale this insanely far in advance, six months. There won't be a better ticket ticket purchase you make than one so far in advance that you will have totally forgotten about paying for it by the time that the show comes. <laughs> there, so this is go. the ticket to buy. It's gonna You won't believe how satisfying it'll be when these things are all sold out and you already had one. You sound
4: like a used car salesman.
2: I would be really good at that job. <laughs> Um, luckily, I'm, I can podcast and instead and just you know push sponsors in my own band to my podcast listeners. But in this case, I seriously want to push to you, to people to get this ticket now because yeah, y- it don't feel like a million bucks when you get to stroll up there with your two or four tickets and bring a couple of friends in March. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, well, here's the thing. I, I, I mean, I kind of kept the
0: secret from you guys, too. That night we did the podcast with you guys when the movie came out. I asked Grant straight up backstage. I said, hey, man, are y'all getting back together? And he All he did was wink. So I bought hundreds of these tickets. Yeah, and Toby I'm gonna bought all the VIP. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to go to VIP on this tour, just... <laughs> Toby get, has them all. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Hashtag BCPod. If you're in the BC Club, we'll be giving that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's every all Club. <laughs> Everyone awesome. join the BC Club. Awesome.
2: I'm making a killing. I'm so glad you guys are back together. What's the deal with the, the vinyl stuff you're doing? Is that something just... I don't know what that is. Tell me about the vinyl Thing. yeah
5: dude we uh we missed like the chasing safety ten year last year and uh-huh. coming up on the Finergate line and we got actually one of our really good friends kyle crawford who's electric zombie um and, and us kind of collabed and you know he's been a, a rad dude and a longtime fan and we we work with him at merch line and it was like dude like what do you think about working on this together and He literally in like a day and a half came back with this insane idea of like a double vinyl to celebrate the tour with both albums there and it's not leaning towards define the great line or chasing safety it's this new kind of black and white very like beginning and end kind of vibe and there's a lot of subliminal vibes to it but it's just super minimal and it's one of the coolest vinyl we will ever put out and it's just been awesome and and you know it's only going to be available on the tour so okay. We offered it with the VIP tickets, and a few of our friends' uh, venues that we're playing have offered it uh, when you purchase a general admission ticket. But aside from buying a ticket and being able to add it there, or coming to a show, you won't be able to get it anywhere. And it's just a really cool like we want that to be something where people see that in someone's house and like, oh, you were at that you know Rebirth tour, you were at yeah. you know this show or that city, and really making it something where it's you know a, a, a momentum. Uh, momentous a memento something like that what is that called a memento but yeah just something really cool
2: so what do y'all want to do next you want to hook up uh, when you guys come through on tour with us and do another episode and see how it's actually going if it actually falls through or if y'all getting a big yeah, fire yeah. let's do another a, catch up in, in the future
4: i a pinged on my phone just <laughs> yeah. so, you, know, you have that everywhere in every yeah city, in every city <laughs> when you know, walk
2: in so. the er and all this
5: aaron what's up uh, <laughs> yeah. no i mean matt for real we're gonna be in seattle on march 30th so that's a wednesday so make sure mm-hmm. freaking joey's dumb ass is there yeah let's we'll get joey and <laughs> toby
2: out whatever. and we'll do that show Dumbass maybe uh joey, if you, let's let's catch up on an off day or in the seattle show or something
5: yeah, absolutely. Cool. We have a day off in between San Fran and Seattle anyway, so let's do it.
1: Well, it's the Brett nice. Favre of Screamo, folks, under oath. Yep. <laughs> we love you guys.
3: Awesome.
0: Hey, uh, seriously, it really does sound like all you guys are happy. And yeah, we're uh, happy for you I mean, we, we know all of you, and we've known you guys for a long time and consider you guys friends of ours, for, seriously. And so it's nice to hear how... Uh, Happy you guys are. I mean, that's just the best word I can use to describe this. And I really do mean it. I think with that being the case and there's no pressure, there's no stipulations, there's nothing. Like, I I really do think these shows are going to be probably some of the best that y'all have ever played. So I'm even excited about it. So it's
1: good good to hear. Toby, I like you saying that. Let's sing Now's the Time to Worship. Yeah. (laughs) Spencer, why don't you start? Spencer,
0: (laughs) Spencer, lead us in the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) The Prayer of Salvation, Spencer. (laughs)
5: Oh, man. <laughs> no, oh, dude, awesome. for real though. Yeah, thanks for having us, and you guys yeah, are more than it. welcome to tag along on any dates. And you mean
2: Emory playing sure. and opening up the tour? Thank yeah. you for the invitation. Oh, no, hey, be there. man, that is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> dude. You got it. All right, thank you
0: guys okay. so
5: much. Yo, yeah, guys, you. Joey, Toby, Matt, thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank all you. All right. Right. Peace, you guys love, take
0: care. Love all See y'all. Ya. See ya.
4: See ya. Yeah. Peace.
0: All right, the Under Oath dudes. Yeah, that's like an exclusive. Well, it's kind of like. it's kind
2: of they've done they did an interview before, but this is the first time we get to really get into most of the most the topics and the and the
1: good stuff there. So I they wanted to all do tell. this
0: is their the favorite interview they've ever done. Clearly, is what I would say,
1: you could tell in their voices. Yeah, I mean, if if they want to get word out, they know who to turn to. Uh, yeah, they turn to us. Yeah, and you know, and, I think that they have done a great job like making this episode what it is and so i'm going to just make a suggestion that we just end on the highest note possible the re- you just okay. want to wrap right oh, well, that's awesome that means yeah. we should end on the news no, that's, no, no hey no. thank you aaron spencer and, it, and tim yeah it's not the highest. well the note.
0: reason why they came on is just like you said we bring it and
2: they know that, that was filler yeah yeah, I yeah mean, the interview was great but it was filler under I mean, oath was filler for yeah the that news. was just a setup for We're- We're coming to the pinnacle right now of the show, so I like to call this is the mountaintop. If this, if there's a burrito that was all rice and beans, is Bridget okay with you you having
1: a bromance with Toby? And now we're now we're about to go to the
2: guacamole and sour cream of the burrito. Oh,
1: (laughs) man, drop that
0: song on him, baby.
2: (laughs) In a world.
0: In a world. Where Jupiter. You start, your podcast starts in the valley with a 15-year-old story told by your bald pastor friend, <laughs> and you just start climbing, and you just, you just start climb. climbing, and you see that peak <laughs> of that mountain. It's getting cold. It's getting hard, but you know what? When you get there, you know what you realize? The damn truth, and that's what this is about. My name's Toby Morell, and this is The Damn News. <laughs> mm.
2: Give me some guacamole, baby. Oh, who wants the guac? Who wants that sour cream? <laughs> Who
1: wants the cheese? All right. Yeah, please just do this. Thank you.
0: Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Thank you so much. Um all right. So this I thought this is kind of an interesting uh story, especially because it's it involves uh bras and hunting. Mm-hmm. Sports bra saves German cyclists and sets off debate over hunting. Can you believe it? This is from Alex Johnson. Uh, A sports bra has sparked a renewed debate over hunting in Germany after it deflected a hunter's stray bullet and may have saved a woman's life. My God. They were shooting at the wrong rack. The victim who hasn't been identified. A two-point rack. <laughs> it's it a 2 <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, love it. The victim who hasn't been identified but whom police described Friday as a 41-year-old woman on vacation from North Rhine, Westphalia, was struck August 2nd while she was on a bike ride with her husband in the town of Gay Boosh, about 45 miles Did northeast you say gay? Yeah. Of, of Hamburg. Wild boar cross a public road during the summer harvest near Munich, Germany. Uh, and agriculture officials say the harvest drives wild animals into public spaces and makes hunting very dangerous for passerbys. The cyclists had unwittingly headed into the area where a wild boar hunt was underway when they heard it ri- rifle fire and the woman felt a sharp pain in her chest. Mm. Um The local police uh, said that the metal underwire of her bra had deflected a bullet, leaving her with a nasty bruise, but otherwise unscathed. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're just out there doing this, but I just thought, wow, this is really interesting. And the other thing about this is I've always been scared of hunting in a sense of getting shot. I know that's an irrational fear or whatever, but I've gone hunting before with my uncles and... Uh, some family members and stuff like that, and it's just uh, the power of a gun is is so crazy and scary. And if you split up, oh, I yeah.
2: always am, scared, especially sure. when you're hunting deer and stuff well, like that. That's not that irrational of a fear. Yeah, that, that's a pretty there, common. That's a pretty common hunting. Ch- thing. There's more
1: of a chance of you choking on a donut for breakfast and suffocating then You know the stats free.
0: on that? Can you tell me the stats on the donut choke? Your source, Yeah, maybe? Stats is yeah what's one, your source? <laughs> 1 in 1000. Really? Yeah. 1 in 1000 people die from donut choking? Yeah. And then for <laughs> That's kind of high. Yeah. It's, that's pretty that's actually Is that worldwide or just America?
1: Uh, well, there's yeah, it's it's the world. But getting shot by a gun on a hunting trip's what? It's about one and two thousand.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so also, the thing that is really crazy, though, is this one. That's like a uh, the movie where the guy had the Bible over his heart, just had it in his yeah. front pocket or something like that. It's like a cliche. Her bra yeah, almost. saved it. But how, what does that make? The, what kind of metal is in her bra that can deflect a bullet? And if so,
2: why don't our police officers have those? Yeah. Why aren't policemen need to wear bras. every policeman
0: needs to be wearing yeah. a brow there? Or well, first
2: of all, a lot of them have man boobs, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Cause of the they- because of the donut because <laughs> of the donut oh no <laughs> so if they just you know. oh lord this is awful but you definitely oh. need the underwire yeah so that i'm sh- I, honestly i'm sure it's just a plain steel and you know, i don't think it's anything joey you possible. like
0: a little support don't you you can use a little support. you like a little support don't you buddy yeah a little bit i mean it's a bra really- a bra feels like for you i mean a, a man of your girth right, right? A man of your size uh, hey don't tippy toe around
1: the issue it's okay you, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. And right your now. chest needs a little support just to help you, like move well, to be, move. Let me be honest with you. Yeah. I Please don't, do. I don't mind those two things being free during the day. But when I'm on a treadmill or running around the neighborhood, yeah, I can't have you those you got to wrangle I'm them in. Because that, that, they're everywhere. I've seen you run without
0: a brassiere
2: before. So did this start a debate running around the about yard. hunting? Are they saying <laughs> knock it off with the hunting in Germany? Or, or? Yeah,
0: that's what they're just saying. Uh, animal groups like PETA just called for a, a, a ban in these public areas. More yep. public areas where people can be walking or exercising or whatever. Hey, sure. well,
2: I tell you what. I always hear you know, every other country has no. You can't even find a gun. There's no gun problems in the other countries. Is this
1: how foreigners talk?
2: No, that's how Americans talk when they talk about how our gun control is bad. Okay, you, you go over to Europe, you can't even have a gun. They don't even have them. You know, right. sp- you, you, stuff like that. I'm exaggerating, right. but yeah. so there you go. And even in Germany, you
0: very right. rarely exaggerate. The, so. the hunter apologized and said he swore he thought it was just a hooter. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's it.
1: We are on a roll today my <laughs> yep. friends. Hey, let, let's let's get hey, our li- roll. Let's, let's give our listeners uh, some background information that our female administrator is sitting in the room here with us and so there's just a part of me that's just like okay ease, Sorry. ease up. He's, no, 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 no! Oh, you want me? To, you want to go filthy? Yeah, I, I want. I want
0: to see Sarah, Sorry, Sarah. have to leave the room.
1: <laughs> I want to see her. Text Let's take her. it
0: so dark that okay. yeah, Sarah has to. Leave. I
1: want to get a text from her husband right now saying, "What in the hell is wrong with you guys? My wife is in tears right now." <laughs> <laughs> All right, now this comes from one of last
0: one. We're, w- we're about w- to wrap. One here. of the great roving reporters out there, Jonathan Tador, and he sent this in. And I thought this was pretty interesting. Groom sues new wife for fraud. Mm-hmm.
1: After seeing her without makeup for the first time, you did this. We d- we Dang it. Did it. Sorry, I thought I deleted it. That's okay, man. Hey, hey, you're not a complete failure at the news. <laughs> We're probably going to delete that. Um...
0: Okay.
2: All right, uh, last one. Here we all go. All right,
0: last one. This comes from one of my roving reporters for the damn news, and this is really awesome. It's, his name is Conrad Tarsuk.
1: Okay, Tarsuk. Yeah, Tarsuk I that guy. I know. Um, you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he part of the BC Club? Uh, no, he's a cousin of mine. Okay, yeah, cool. He married my auntie. Oh, wow. That's really
0: cool. Yeah. Uh, so sex, sex toys found hanging from Portland power lines. Mm-hmm. Now, I had some interesting I had thoughts about this. So let me read the story first. So you not know, shoes, but s- sex toys? Exactly. Wow. Yes, exactly right. This comes from OregonLive.com. So it's com. like a sexual gang <laughs> There's a game, you know. Sneakers tossed onto power lines. In Portland, something else is apparently taking place. Sex toys. Images of the phenomenon have circulated on social media for a few weeks. Um, and one tweet Monday read, Portland, all fun and games until your six-year-old asks, what are those? As they point to dildos in the sky. Wow. <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending on the commenter, uh, the number of suspended sex toys range uh, ranges from dozens to hundreds. But no official tally exists. People have documented examples in the north, northeast, and southeast. The Portland Office of Neighborhood Involvement has received less than 10 calls in three weeks um, mm-hmm. about them. And a coworker at the city and county information and referral center said, people have reported them on Comcast and CenturyLink lines all over the place. There hasn't really been a real groundswell of calls. Actually, most of the calls we've gotten lately have been from the media. So this is kind of a thing that's mm-hmm. just getting... A little bit blown out of proportion. Once again, I think it's just a joke. Like somebody thinks this will be hilarious if I throw a a vibrator or a dildo up up over a power line because normally you throw. It it is very funny. But right. But the thing I was thinking is, um, like when you throw your shoes over the power line, isn't that supposed to be like a sign of community and that you're at home Mm -hmm. and you just this is where we hang our shoes. This is where you know this is where we are at. So if you got home. And you walked in your front door and your wife had thrown sex toys over a line, would you feel more at home? Would you be like, Oh, nice. I'd be glad. Uh, wow. Yeah. My my babe is glad that I'm home. This is how I, we are <laughs> we are at home and this is how we roll.
2: Yeah. Also I don't find I don't put any I don't almost ever give any credit to the, any argument that goes, Yeah, but I mean the kids and you gotta tell the kids and how you're gonna explain right. to the kids. I think that's always a cop out to any argument. Almost always a weak point. I don't think it. I don't think it almost ever matters. So I think in this case, if your kid sees a ding dong dildo hanging over a power line, first of all, they know what a wee wee is. That's a wee wee. Yeah. That so you you and or it's a penis or it's a dildo. You know well, you really shouldn't. It? You can just do what you you can you can explain stuff to kids. Yeah, you should. You, you can.
1: I'm against those nicknames, man, because when you use those nicknames, if a kid were to say something that only your but the only the parents know it's not as alarming. But if like a three year old goes to his teacher and says, Hey, that janitor touched my penis, mm-hmm. And there's just no mystery. Yep. But if he says, That janitor touched my caboodle. <laughs> yep. Definitely. The teacher I'm, could be I'm like a stuffed is what I'm animal. Saying, right.
2: You know? I'm saying the more the more kids know the the better.
1: But then but then you do have That's opportunity for a There party. are some disadvantages though cuz my, my little cousin when he was about 3, you remember Carlton? Yeah. This is like a 15-year-old. This is a 20-year-old story. Nice. So he basically was at a restaurant and the the server came up and said, "Wow, aren't you a cute little boy?" And I swear to you he said, "And I've got a big penis too." <laughs> big, and because he knew that word, it was way more awkward. It would've been way better if he said, "Was he making a joke?" Of, he was 3. He didn't know what else to say. I mean, that was just his way of responding.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in jail for a <laughs> while <Well, how> long. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, once again,
1: don't think it's...
2: What? For whatever reason, we'll need to edit whatever Joe yeah, just said. Sorry about that's no, no, no,
1: no. Just because he, he had it, to go to jail once. And if anybody heard that, they would think I was... <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But just,
0: just say you aren't making fun of it. I made the joke. If, if your family heard that, they know he went to jail. I'm not going to make fun of my cousin for going to jail. I didn't know he went to jail. You I was making right, right? a joke. Okay. You didn't make fun of him for going to yeah, jail. Yeah, I didn't make fun of like, I was making a joke because okay. he just said something dirty. Okay. And it just started to... An actual decline, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Toby nailed he's doing, it. He's doing – I can't stay away from the damn truth, yeah, apparently. That, I mean, <laughs> Even when truth. I joke, I nail things dead <laughs> on the head, no matter what. Anyway, you've done
2: that on many occasions. Oh, God. It's a I mean, curse. that is something you've done many times it's a, a, a joke curse. that was that – you didn't – that was actually exactly what was going on. Yes. Ac- accused so-and-so of being drunk. Uh, tell you know stuff like that. You've done that many times. No, I do. I have prophetic. You're joking. very intuitive. <laughs> so you no, pick it's prophecy. You prophetic. Yeah, you pick up on some <laughs> small thing, and then it comes to your mind, and then you make a joke about it, not thinking that the, what the thing that you had picked up on was a real thing. Turns out it was a real thing. Gosh. That's a, a testament to your intuition. Even about Joey's family. Man. Can you think of any other like messed up stuff about Joey's family? Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs>